Check it out, Startup Nation. I know many of you are trying to improve your marketing performance, right? You have your business or your e-commerce store, and you're trying to increase that brand awareness. No worries. I got you. You should listen to the brand new Keep Optimizing podcast. That's optimizing with an S and not a Z. It's a marketing podcast that will provide you with not only the latest tips and advice in the game, but also you will hear from experts in their field when it comes to email marketing, SEO, and more. This is a must-listen-to podcast for my e-commerce entrepreneurs. It's hosted by Chloe Thomas, who is a 15-year marketing expert, best-selling author, and award-winning podcast host. It's already a top 20 marketing podcast in seven countries, so clearly you're going to get amazing value every episode. So as you can see, Style Nation, you're in good hands with my girl CT. So listen and subscribe to the Keep Optimizing podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you like to get your favorite podcast. You can also get more information at keepoptimizing.com. The link is there in the show notes. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, there are many times within our companies and our organizations where we feel paralyzed when it comes to executing a strategy or changing, changing course when it's time to change course. But what if I told you we had a national championship winning coach that could help us break through those type of barriers? He is the founder and president of Making Strategy Happen, a consultancy which helps committed leaders turn ambition into strategy and strategy into reality. He has earned a Ph.D. in the psychology of human performance from the University of British Columbia and helped coach their football team to a national championship, led strategic change initiatives in the corporate world and spent the past 25 years consulting the CEOs and top management teams across North America. He is also the author of Ruthless Consistency, How Committed Leaders Execute Strategy, Implement Change, and Build Organizations That Win. He is my good friend, Michael Canick. Michael, how's it going, my man? Great. Outstanding and great to be here. Thanks, Dominic. No worries. You know, we can definitely use your help today. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation? Uh, yeah. Cool deal. So first things first, Michael, if you would, please, sir, just kind of share your origin story, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. So I, I went to university for a lot of years and was always interested in two things. Mm-hmm. I was interested in psychology, human psychology, but I played sports. So I was always interested in the sports world. Gotcha. And then seeing how the two of them came together that's what led to my, my doctoral work in the psychology of human performance. You know, what are the factors that help drive top performance? And truthfully, I, I thought, Dominique, that I would end up being a professor. But then I got into the outside world, and I mm. love the application in business and with organizations. It turns out the psychology of human performance has a lot of applications because in business, what are we trying to do? We're trying to grow our businesses. We're trying to, you know, uh, improve performance. We're trying to, you know, get people to perform at their best. So right. all of this was very applicable. That's what brought me to uh, what I do today in business. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I know in our show prep, we saw that you spent some time at FedEx. And so you may or may not know this, but our show is based uh, here in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, you ever take any trips to Memphis or not so much? <laughs> 
I made a number of trips to Memphis, and I did see you guys are based out of Memphis. Okay. And uh, I have some great memories of uh, of traveling down there. And I'll tell you, some of the best blues music I've ever listened to is in, uh, in bars in Memphis. So some great memories from down there. <laughs> we get that a lot. So, yeah, I was with FedEx, FedEx for a number of years and um, made a number of trips down there. Great experience. I'll tell you, I learned okay. a lot of lessons working with FedEx, and it sure. was a good, uh, a good company to work with. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you uh, for sharing that. And once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Michael Canick, who's the author of Ruthless Consistency. Let's kind of dive into the book a little bit, shall we? So kind of talk about the impetus for this book. The impetus for this book was really failure. Mm. Seeing that so many strategic plans fail. Seeing that so many change initiatives fail. Seeing that so many good intentions fail. I wanted to get to the root of why did things fail so often? So, you know, when it was when I was with FedEx and I was uh, tasked with implementing a service quality initiative, uh, a culture of service quality. Then I looked at other companies. I really dove into the literature and said, why do some companies succeed and others fail? And what I found was that there's no one thing that drives success. Mm. It's everything that leaders do. Everything has to be aligned with winning. Everything has to be done with ruthless consistency. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I, I appreciate that. You know, I wanted to ask you about one of your uh, chapters, chapter eight, put the exec and execute. You know, we have a lot of times in, in, in business or, or even just other leadership positions outside of business, whether it be politics, I mean, not uh, government or wherever the case may be, where you have that that leader who who's kind of afraid to pull the trigger when it comes to things, you know, when it comes to like implementing a strategy or something like that. Kind of talk about that, if you don't mind. Sure. And it's, it's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And often leaders will feel, you know, their job is to create strategy and other people do the execution. They'll mm-hmm. say, well, no, other people execute. We delegate that. Well, right. you know, for all the benefits of delegating some things and empowering people, at the end of the day, leaders can't use, you know, empowerment as an excuse for abandonment. Gotcha. And too often they abandon their people. And then if things don't work out, they blame the people. Right. Well, the point of putting the exec in exec execute is when it comes to major strategic change, you as a leader have to be actively overseeing it. You have to be involved where it's necessary. You've got to keep the pulse of it. It's not going to implement itself. Right, right. Now, you, you, the name, like I said, the name of the book is Ruthless Consistency. That sounds kind of harsh, man. You know, why ruthless consistency? Because, I mean, come on, you know, when we talk about business and stuff like that, we kind of hear the the cutthroat nature of it all. So when I think ruthless, man, I think like, you know, uh, you know uh, take no victim. I mean, take no, uh, uh, you know, just, just kind of just run sure. through everything. Right. You know, what I mean? so kind of talk about that, that uh, title a little bit. Right. Well, what I wanted to catch people's attention and two, ruthless doesn't mean, you know, being cold-hearted or cruel or, you know, right. sacrificing people. What it means is an unwavering commitment to your stated goals, mm-hmm. an unwavering commitment to your stated goals. So once you decide on what you want to achieve, once you have that compelling, clear, concise focus, here's what we need to achieve, then make sure that everything you say and do is aligned with that. And so it's that unwavering commitment. That's what I mean by ruthless and consistency simply means, you know, you can't be on it today, but not tomorrow, or you can't be dabbling in it. This has to be something that's continuous, that's consistent, that's reflected in everything. Right. If you're truly committed to achieving your goals. For sure. No, I, I definitely understand that. Let me ask a follow up question to that, if I may, if I may, Michael, because a lot of times sure. we're, we're consistent and we're doing well with consistency. But sometimes that consistency and, and that success can kind of get 
a bit mundane and we so we start to kind of fall off with the consistency a little bit. How do you how do we as leaders, as business leaders continue to kind of uh, coach them up, uh, if you will, you know, to kind of use that phrase, how we continue to motivate our teams to continue to strive for more, even when we are we've had this success and that consistency gets a bit mundane. Right. So it's a, it's a very good question. And, and to be clear, by consistency, I don't mean mindless repetition. Fair enough. Fair robotic enough. repetition. Right. Just doing the same thing. What I'm talking about is a consistency of purpose. Gotcha. A ruthless consistency of purpose. And to achieve that requires you to do different things to keep people focused and motivated. So when I was coaching, for example, mm-hmm. if we had had the same kind of practices every day, no matter what, Well, the players would have gotten bored with that. So the key was to change things up, to do things that are fresh, that are different, that, you know, shake things up a bit. So the best way to keep people engaged is variety is, you know, you have to be creative and innovative, but it all consistently supports that purpose, that bigger purpose that you're trying to achieve. Gotcha. No, I I definitely understand that, because like I said, we we see uh, so many companies and businesses kind of fall off the wayside because they forget that part. So I appreciate you uh, sharing that, Michael. I actually want to ask you about another chapter. Uh, Chapter 11, you're not a manager, you're a coach. What's the difference? Well, the the main difference is coaches take responsibility for the Mm. performance of their people. Gotcha. Coaches ask themselves, what do I need to do to help my team perform at their best? to help each player perform at their best. Right. You know, what buttons do I need to push? What levers do I need to pull? And here's the example I give, Dominic. Imagine a, a football coach right. runs out onto the field with a team, you know, before the start of the game. Everyone lines up for kickoff, and then just before kickoff, the coach turns around and runs off the field. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then he comes back at the end, end of the game and to critique people and tell them how I did. Well, you know, that's not coaching. That's abandoning people. Well, too often we manage like that. You know, we come out, you know, for the pregame kickoff and then we disappear. And then we come back later to administer a performance review. So the point is, as a coach, you need to take responsibility. You need to create the right environment. You need to make sure your people are equipped and you need to make sure your people have the information, the feedback, they're reinforced, uh, all of the things that help them perform coaches take responsibility for the performance of their people for gotcha no i I definitely understand that because i and it it almost seems like you know when you take on that coach hat or that coach's role it almost seems like you show your team that you're invested uh in their success which is super important would you when you agree michael absolutely right because when they see you care you're invested they're more likely to care. They're more likely to be invested. You know, people want to do well and perform for people who care. So as a leader, you have to convey your, your, you care about them, not, and not just their performance and success, but them as individuals too. Right. When you care about them as individuals and then you're invested with them in that performance, now collaboratively, collaboratively, you're more likely to get that good performance. For sure. You know, I'm so glad you sent that because I think we often find, you know, whether it be coaching football, whether it be coaching uh, people in our business, business leaders who are uh, in a company like a FedEx or something like that. Oftentimes I, I see too many leaders where they're they're coaching them up or they're 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 preparing them for what that coach needs them to be right now, as opposed to what they can be for themselves later on. Like, for example, like I need you uh, to be uh, this very great, 
you know, uh, 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 middle manager for what I need you to be right now, not grooming them for the next level and the next level. So I think that's really important. I'm glad you said all that. Yeah. Coaches can be, I mean, managers can be very short sighted at right, times. They exactly. got tasks. Now they're, in fairness, they're busy. They've got demands, they've got requirements. So they're focused on the task at hand, but the reality is, you know, you could be busy today, focusing on today, and you could run off a cliff tomorrow because you're not planning for the future. Right. So I like to use the term, keep one eye on the present, one eye on the future. Mm. And that's the same with the de- developing your people. Gotcha. No, I, I definitely uh, appreciate that for sure. You know, one of the reasons why I like your book, uh, Michael, you know, Ruthless Consistency, Startup Nation, that book is there. Uh, that link to purchase the book is in the show notes for easy access. If you're listening to the replay on the podcast is that you have like uh, it's one of those books where it's a it's a working book. It's a breathing book where there's activities and there's questionnaires and stuff like that. Talk about the the strategy, I guess, to, to like put in those uh, uh, kind of questionnaires and uh, those kind of workbook type uh, items in your book. Right. Yeah. I didn't want to just write a theoretical book and say, well, here's what managers should do or or, you know, here's what goes on. I wanted to make this a book where I'm speaking to you Mm -hmm. as an individual. So you'll notice in the book that I say a lot of, you know, you and here's things to, you know, so I'm having that conversation with you, right? but I don't just want to inspire you. I want to equip you because it's one thing to inspire a person, but you have to give them the tools. So, you know, my intention here is to both inspire and equip you as an individual, you as the committed leader and, you know, whatever organization you're leading this is what you need to help develop the focus, create the alignment, to drive execution and to win. For sure. For sure. No, thank you uh, for sharing that for sure. So I know you, you know, like I said, you ha- you have a PhD in uh, human performance and, and stuff like that. I want to ask you, so when you have like that team member or that, that you know, that uh, uh, team member that probably you're trying to coach them up on a new strategy, you're trying to coach them up on a new uh, thing you're trying to implement within the organization. And for some reason, for whatever reason, Michael, they're just not getting it. It's, it's not clicking. It's not, it's not going over well. How do you, as the leader, just kind of have that, not only the, 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 the know-how to just keep going and keep coaching them up, but also to have that, that belief in yourself that like they can be coached up because that can be difficult. Right. So I, I always like to start with the, the assumption that everybody can be coached up. Okay. So as a leader, when somebody's not performing, look in the mirror. Ask, mm. what do I need to do to create an environment to help them succeed? Gotcha. And, you know, and we go through this in, in, in detail in the book. Of course. You know, so what do I need to do to make sure they're aligned? What do I need to do to make sure they're equipped? What do I need to do to make sure they're coached, that we support them as an organization, that I value them as individuals? So I think as a leader, you have to have a clear conscience. Have I done what I needed to do to create an environment that gives them a fair chance to succeed? And if you haven't done that, then it starts with you. You better get to work. Now, on the other hand, if you've done that, if you have a clear conscience, I have created an environment that gives people a fair chance to succeed. Everyone is is succeeding. One person isn't. Then it's the person. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have to have that conversation of constructive accountability because that person may not be a fit either for that role or for your organization. But if you've got a clear conscience, I've created the right environment, you know, uh, then it's the person. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now I, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I want to ask you this because I think, you know, with your experience and, and, and coaching football and winning at the very highest level, it is obviously there's some clear, 
uh, parallels into business. But I want to ask you about your your coaching career a little bit because you know when you're going sure. through the season when you and you win that national championship, was there ever a point? in the season, whether it be the beginning, uh, a turning point within a certain game, or maybe it wasn't until you actually hosted the the trophy. Uh, What was that point where, you know what, we can be really special, you know, right? And and how do you relay that to your team? Because I think in business sometimes, I think sometimes our our teams need to hear, like, you know, we can be really special. Yeah, and that's a really important question, and, and here's why. Sometimes teams will get a sense that they can be very special mm-hmm. and they get caught up in that mm-hmm. and then they don't perform up to their potential. Fair so enough. we realized early on in that championship year that we had a very good foundation of, of talent, of players. We had a good foundation of coaches. We had built some good momentum. Our focus as a coaching staff was not to get caught up in the, you know, we can win a championship. Our focus was let's get everybody focused on improving, being as good as they can be as an individual. And if we focus on the process, we focus on the task at hand, we focus on how each of us can get better every day, the results will take care of themselves. So it was really important that we kept the focus on the process. Because, And here's, a, here's an insight. Sure. Coaches in team sports, coaches in team sports rarely talk to individual players about winning. Mm. What they talk to them about is improvement. Got you. How can you continually improve, get better, be the best that you can be? And if you focus on what you can control, then collectively we can achieve great things. That's the insight. For sure. No, I I appreciate you uh, sharing that. You know, I actually want to go back to the book really quickly because you actually have another chapter, Climb the Right Mountain. And it actually reminds me of a Facebook post you've made as of this recording about an hour ago, I believe, uh, where you you posted a video about doing less. A lot of times we have business owners who are trying to do everything and we have entrepreneurs who are trying to serve the entire uh, market. And we see that's a kind of a, 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 a recipe for for failure. Well, not necessarily failure, but not necessarily the success you're looking for. Kind of talk about that doing less kind of doctrine, if you would, Michael. Right. Well, first of all, I want to say it's natural when you have people who are ambitious people, sure. visionary people, they see the possibilities, they see the opportunities. And many entrepreneurs, of course, that way, they see all the things that could be accomplished. Well, the trap is you get, you know, you get, you know, blinded by all these things and you start going off in a bunch of different directions. Right. Well, when your focus is diffused, what happens is you, you accomplish, you know, nothing of greatness because you're inching along at a bunch of things. So if there's one thing, Dominic, I'm relentless about when it comes to strategy, it is focus, 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 focus. For sure. For sure. And if you look at people who are really successful, and this could be in coaching, it could be in business and entertainment and sports, it doesn't matter. What you'll see is they're very clear on what they want to achieve. They have a clear sense of focus and they are able to you know, eliminate or, or remove all the things that detract from that focus. In fact, there's a saying that, you know, strategy is, is about more, is more about what not to do than what you are going to do. For sure. So too often as leaders, I think we get, you know, we get blinded, we get attracted by all these things. So if there's one thing I would really emphasize is focus, do less, concentrate your resources, concentrate your energy, and then you will accomplish All right, Startup Nation, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. 
Check it out, Startup Nation. I know many of you are trying to improve your marketing performance, right? You have your business or your e-commerce store, and you're trying to increase that brand awareness. No worries. I got you. You should listen to the brand new Keep Optimizing podcast. That's optimizing with an S and not a Z. It's a marketing podcast that will provide you with not only the latest tips and advice in the game, but also you will hear from experts in their field when it comes to email marketing, SEO, and more. This is a must-listen-to podcast for my e-commerce entrepreneurs. It's hosted by Chloe Thomas, who is a 15-year marketing expert, best-selling author, and award-winning podcast host. It's already a top-20 marketing podcast in seven countries, so clearly you're going to get amazing value every episode. So as you can see, Style Nation, you're in good hands with my girl, CT. So listen and subscribe to the Keep Optimizing podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you like to get your favorite podcast. You can also get more information at keepoptimizing.com. The link is there in the show notes. RLX powers this episode of the Startup Life. Startup Nation, as a podcaster, radio host, and business owner, I know a thing or two about the need for your message to come through clearly to your target audience. The last thing you want when trying to close a big deal over the phone or giving a sales presentation in your conference room is to have the person you are talking to be distracted by either the fact that you sound like you're in a warehouse or an outside noise like a fire truck. Trust me, Startup Nation. I know this all too well from experience. And that is why Oralex has your back. Oralex Acoustics creates professionally tested products that you can trust in a commercial space or at home. Better office acoustics improves intelligibility when video conferencing or generic conversation reduces stress and helps build a proactive work atmosphere. From a home studio for my content creators to your office space downtown, your gear performs better in an acoustically treated room. Trust me, you are in good hands with Oralex as they are the number one brand in acoustics, providing trusted solutions for over 40 years. Also, you can download the Oralex Acoustic Treatment mobile app in the Apple or Google Play Store to give you specifically designed and instantaneous recommendations for various room types. Go to Oralex.com and use the promo code STARTUP in all caps for 10% off your entire order. The link is there in the show notes if you are listening to the replay on the podcast. So if you are ready to stop sounding like you're having a sales meeting in a sports arena, go with Oralex. Professional audio made simple. Tresta powers this episode of The Startup Life. Okay, Startup Nation, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, Tresta. Tresta is an app for iPhone and Android that lets you do business calling and texting from anywhere. I know so many entrepreneurs that are still using their their personal phone number for business calls. It can get complicated drawing the line between your personal and professional life. Startup Nation, this is the best business phone app out there. Whether you just need a business phone number or if your team is ready for a complete business phone system, Tresta is totally flexible and can grow with your business. And it's all unlimited calling, texting, and all of the powerful call management features like auto attendance, call recording, user groups, and more for just $15 per user per month. With Tresta, there's no contract and you don't need any special hardware, just your smartphone you're already using. Tresta is easy to configure so you can set everything up yourself all online avoiding all the hassle and high overhead costs of setting up a traditional business phone system. 
which is important because as entrepreneurs, we are always trying to cut cost and time. They're often a 30-day free trial so you can see if Tresta's virtual phone system is right for you. Communicate smarter and more efficiently with Tresta. Start now at Tresta.com forward slash Startup Life. That's T-R-E-S-T-A dot com forward slash Startup Life. The link is there in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Tresta, business communication simplified. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. Once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Michael Canick, the author of Ruthless Consistency, How Committed Leaders Execute Strategy, Implement Change, and Build Organizations That Win. If you, if you want to purchase that book, which is available right now, we have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on uh, the podcast. I want to ask you uh, about your company, Making Strategy Happen. Uh, uh, Making Strategy Happen. We have a link for that website as well, Startup Nation, in the show notes uh, for you for sure. Kind of talk about like when a company asks you, Michael, like, hey, this is what I, I'm struggling with. This is what our organization is struggling with. This is what our department is struggling with. You know, kind of talk about what's that number one thing or that that most consistent thing that they're saying that they're struggling with. And how do you go in to those organizations and kind of help uh, implement a winning uh, formula for success? Yes. Well, the number one thing that people come to me with mm -hmm. is pain. Mm. And they are sick and tired of strategic plans that go off the rails. Mm. They're sick and tired of change initiatives that fail. They're sick and tired of chronic underperformance. And they're not going to put up with it anymore. So the number one motivation, the number one impetus that causes them to call call me will be pain, gotcha. and that's a that's a good you know a good motivation to have because people that's are true. typically more motivated to overcome pain than to achieve pleasure. Right. So that's that's good. Now, when they come to me with that, though, truthfully, I'm I want to be rigorous in selecting clients. You know, I'm not just accepting business coming in the door. So I look for what I call the three C's. Number one. Is the, is the CEO, the person who comes to me, are they truly committed to this or are they just dabbling? Mm. Are they saying, well, you know, we should have a strategic plan. Well, you know, that's not compelling enough. You're not committed enough. But if I've got to get a sense that they're truly committed. Number two, the second C, are they capable? So I want to get a sense of what their capabilities are in leading an organization, in doing the difficult things to, you know, to implement strategic change. And then the third C is control of ego. Mm. And I can tell you, Dominic, this is a huge one. And what I I've learned that. over time yeah, is that they have to be in control of their egos. And, and to be fair, every CEO needs a strong ego to make tough decisions, to take risks, all of that. The question is, are you in control of your ego or is your ego in control of you? Right. And I only work with people who, when I get a sense that they are in control of their egos, it's not about some ego trip. It's all about them. They have to hoard all the glory. They have to deflect all the blame. I want secure adult human beings who are in control of their ego. So I look for the three C's. When, when they come to me in that state of pain and they pass the test of the three C's, then we're able to work together. Then we're able to get things accomplished. I hear that. That ego thing, that that's a tough one. Like, cause the thing is, cause a lot of times, you know, and I imagine you, you, you get called into organizations like these where these organizations have had success 
for years and years and years. They've been around for years and years and years. And so clearly they're calling you for some reason. And so you still have to fight through that, even though they called you in. So that that's a big one. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, that's an ego's a critical element. And I'll tell you, when I've made early in my career, when I made bad choices selecting yeah. clients, it was typically because the CEO had a big ego and either couldn't accept any coaching or would have to deflect blame to everyone else or wouldn't take responsibility. Ego is the root of the problem. Right. For sure. For sure. You know, a lot of times when we talk about, uh, you know, uh, team members and, and, and coach them up and stuff like that, we, we also talk about making sure that they feel valued. What are some of those things that business leaders and entrepreneurs can do outside of the traditional, like, uh, you know, uh, a, a courtesy lunch or a courtesy day off or something like that. What are some of those outside the boxes, outside the box ways that business leaders can make sure team members feel valued within the organization? Well, I'm happy you brought that up, Dominic, because mm-hmm. this is very important. And maybe to give a little context and sure, what shaped absolutely. my thinking on this. So, you know, my, my wife and I love travel uh, up to COVID times. You know, right. we, we used to travel. We love traveling internationally. Every year we would pick a different country. And the idea is we love learning about cultures and people and customs. And so, you know, we've been to close to 50 countries and have just had tremendous experience. Mm-hmm. Now, whenever I travel, I like to ask people about their work. Tell me about your job. What do you like about it? What do you like about it? How about your boss? How about the company? What's good? And I can tell you that regardless of country or culture or or ethnicity or religion mm. or any of a thousand ways that you might categorize people, right. there are some universals. And the universals are everyone wants to be treated with respect. Of course. Everyone wants to be trusted and everyone wants to feel cared about as an individual. And when as leaders, we treat people with respect consistently, when we let them know that we trust them, that we, we care about them as individuals, that's how we convey that we value them. So it's nice when we do things like the, you know, the day off and these other, other things, that's great. Right. But it's the little things that make a difference in those little moments, those little micro connections. Am I conveying to you that I respect you as a person, Dominic? Right. Do you get a sense that I truly care about you? And we're in COVID times. And I want to know how is your family doing, right? How are your kids doing? How are people coping? How are you making out, right? right. When you convey right. that you care about people, you respect them, you trust them. That conveys value, and I'll tell you, that amplifies the benefits of everything else you do as a leader. Because think of the opposite. Think of when you don't respect people, you don't trust them, you don't care about them as individuals. When they sense that, then they're just going through the motions. They're not invested. For sure, for sure. You know, and you bring up an interesting thing. I wanted to ask you about this because I know you you talk about, you know, making a strategy, executing on that strategy, but then you have something, well, I don't know, a world pandemic comes out of the, out of nowhere and, and it kind of throws everything in flux. How do you coach those in, in those situations? Cause I imagine you're getting a lot of phone calls these days. I imagine you're getting a lot of people kind of panicking, kind of walk me through some of those conversations if you don't mind, Mike. Sure. And the point is there's still a role and people say, well, geez, my strategic plan's gone out the window. What do I do? And my response is, we have to compress the strategy cycle. Mm, okay. The idea of strategy and planning and execution and culture, those are all still value, you know, uh, valuable and valid, Dominic, but we just have to compress the cycle. So, for example, gotcha. say previously we may have said, well, okay, what's going to happen? You know, let's look at our strategy as three years. 
Well, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen in three months. So maybe our strategic focus needs to be three months, not three years. In normal times, we might, you know, recalibrate the strategy, adjust it every six months. Well, today with my clients, we're doing that every month. We're recalibrating the strategy. In normal times, you might track your progress monthly. Well, during times like now, you might be checking in every couple of weeks to see how we're doing. So the same principles of strategy and culture and execution still apply. But the number one thing is we have to compress the strategy cycle. Now, the number two thing, because there's so much uncertainty and volatility, what we have to do is what we call scenario planning. We have to you know, plan for what might be different scenarios, like a best case scenario, a worst case scenario, a most likely case scenario, because we don't know what's going to happen in three to six months. Right. So rather than waiting for it to happen and then saying, oh my gosh, this happened, what do we do? What we're doing now is working with clients to say, let's start planning. Let's start sketching, sketching out what does that worst case scenario look like? And then what actions do we need to take if that happens? Gotcha. What does that best case scenario look like? What actions do we need to take if that happens? Gotcha. So the combination of compressing the strategy cycle and scenario planning, that's how we manage through times like this. Strategy is still valid. We just have to approach it differently. I hear that. Compress that strategy schedule. That's a, that's a good one. I, I, I appreciate you. I, I never thought about that, but that makes complete sense. I appreciate you sharing. I, I want to ask you this, Michael, because when you, when you think about you know your company making strategy happen, you think about you know, uh, your book, uh, as well, ruthless consistency, once again, startup nation, that link is in the show notes for easy access, you know, I, and I know your, your background as a coach, you know, you, you're obviously you're familiar with the, the, the concept of a coaching tree. And so everything that we've learned comes from, you know, a lot of that we come, that we learn comes from mentors and parents and stuff like that. What are some of that? What are some of those, uh, those people that are in your life, whose coaching tree do you fall under that has kind of, uh, kind of framed your way of helping companies and stuff like that? Does it come from your parents? It could come from other coaches that you worked with. Kind of talk about that a little bit. Well, I appreciate you asking that question because I have had some people who are very influential and I'll start with my parents. Sure. And my parents, parents, both immigrants from, uh, modern-day Croatia, Okay, and neither of them graduated from high school, mm. okay? So typical immigrants are neither, uh, you know, graduated from high school, but they both had a strong work ethic. And my dad, through his work ethic, rose to quite a high level in the corporate world, despite not even having a high school education. What my parents always instilled in me is, one, the importance of education, and two, saying them saying, if you put your mind to it, you can do whatever you want to do, right? right? If you put your mind to it, you're willing to work hard, you can do whatever you want to do. So I think that 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 foundation of, of education, of hard work, of confidence came from my parents. And frankly, it was because they had to work for everything they achieved, being, you know, immigrants with, a, you know, not even a high school education. So they were a huge influence. You know, I've also benefited greatly, you know, from... I've had a number of people, whether it's uh, I've had some professors who are very influential. Uh, my Actually, my, my one of my bosses at FedEx, mm. uh, Arthur, okay. was a tremendous, uh, tremendous boss. And he was uh, he was a guy who was very focused on people and results and had that balance just great. You know, very much focused on, you know, people caring about people, helping to elevate people, but at the same time, achieving results. So I really got a sense of that balance from him. And then, of course, coaching football uh, at the university level, 
our head coach, Frank Smith, really was a, a great role model. And I learned a lot of the principles you know, that I, I talk about now, developing the right focus, creating the right environment, building the right team. You know, being in that kind of competitive environment uh, at a very successful team, you know, at a, at a high level, I learned a lot from him as well. So I am the, I'm the very fortunate beneficiary from many people, parents, uh, football coaches, professors, bosses, colleagues. I learned a lot from my clients as well. Frankly, they all have a role, have had a role in shaping, you know, my thinking, my ideas, my approach. Uh, I, I owe a lot to a lot of people. For sure. For sure. No, I, I appreciate that because I, I think, you know, how we uh, go about our lives, how we, you know, uh, tackle the success that we're seeking. Uh, a lot of it comes from uh, those people, you know, who are, are from our past, our mentors, our parents and stuff like that. So that's why, excuse me, uh, I wanted to ask you. Uh, about that as well. Uh, let me ask you this, because I know that, you know, you, you're a big sports fan. You like Formula One racing and, and, and college football and stuff like that. Uh, I'm curious about this. You know, we're, we're trying to uh, restart college football, restart sports and, and stuff like that. Kind of give some some commentary on that from a strategic standpoint, if you will, because, I mean, it's not just a, a simple matter of just opening the stadiums and rolling out the balls and just having it. There's a certain type of strategy that needs to come uh, with it because, you know, we're dealing with this pandemic and stuff like that. So kind of give your commentary on that a little bit, if you don't mind, Michael. Sure. And, you know, we're seeing this in, in sports and other, other realms right now, Absolutely. but we've got competing, yeah, right. We've got competing objectives and mm, competing interests. Right. We don't have alignment. So for example, some will say, well, safety first, we should, you know, I've shut down everything. Right. Others will say, well, you know, let's just go ahead with everything and we'll see what happens. I mean, those are two extremes. Exactly. So, you know, college sports has been caught in between there saying, well, on the one hand, one of the interests is, you know, fans would like to see it continue. The players want to compete. There's tons of money involved, as everyone knows. So right. that's what's driving it, you know, to, towards it. On the other hand, the other interest was, was hold on safety. If we're actually going to be in a situation where we've got people in close quarters, you know, with different people not knowing who might or might not be infected, this is just a, uh, you know, a perfect storm for spreading of the virus. So mm -hmm. what we're dealing with now is navigating competing interests and trying to find the right balance of them. Right. And different people are coming to different conclusions, just like some of the sports conferences are, are playing football. Others aren't. Right. So uh, I think right now, you know, it's an example, and I'm not saying there's an easy solution, but it shows that when there's not a shared alignment, when people aren't aligned around the objectives, what's the priority or what are we trying to do? Then there are different approaches being taken. So, and we're witnessing that right now. It's just, um, you have these competing interests, competing beliefs and views as to how we should deal with this. And that's why we've got the conflict. This is a big experiment that's going to play out and, uh, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's a very difficult time because it's like, there's, there, there's so many, there's so many scenarios. There's so many things to, uh, to, uh, uh, to keep in mind, you know, just, for, you know, to kind of go in a different realm here. Uh, we actually recently went to a restaurant, uh, uh, not so long ago, you know, during the pandemic and stuff like that. And I was saying, Hey, can I have some ketchup? There's no ketchup on the table. And they brought me like a cup of ketchup and it didn't dawn on me until they brought me the cup of ketchup to like, Oh, we can't all be touching this bottle of ketchup around because of COVID or whatever, right? So it's like, it just goes to show like the little small things and the intricacies 
that you that we are asking college presidents and uh, athletic directors to kind of keep in mind when it comes to college sports or in, in other realms of life. But it's just it's just so nuanced and it's, and it's a very complicated problem. It's very complicated. It, go ahead. I'm it sorry. It is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I, I would just go back to is sure. we talked about a few minutes ago. Yeah. Now more than ever, I think we have to take that approach where we're valuing people. Mm. I think people are anxious. The nerves are getting frayed. There's conflict. People are, you know, become, become a little more intolerant and impatient. Right. You know, I think now, especially we have to be more disciplined, you know, and we just have to be a little gentler with ourselves and with others. And, you know, you can have, disagreements with reasonable people without it having to turn into a war. Right. And, you know, you and I might have a different opinion on something and that's okay. Right. And that's, that's humanity. So I just think this is a time where we have to let people know that, you know, and certainly in business with our employees, our colleagues, it's especially important to let people know that we care about them, that we respect them and we're respectful in our behavior. And I think those little, you know, those little micro acts will go a long way to, you know, keeping our, uh, keeping our society together. Right. Micro acts. That's a big one. I appreciate you uh, sharing that. You know, Michael, how's your family dealing with all this? How are you guys navigating and, and kind of keeping that family uh, unit together during these difficult times? Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So my, my wife and I are, we both work out of a home office now. She's okay. downstairs. I'm upstairs. Okay. Uh, so we're doing well and our families thankfully are doing well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and if anything, one of the, unintended consequences of all this is I probably have dinner with my wife more often than I've in these last six <laughs> months than I had for years before that. Cause I'm not traveling. She's not traveling. Gotcha. Uh, so having dinner every night and going, you know, being able to go for a walk down by the water hand in hand every night mm-hmm. is, uh, something we're both really enjoying. But, uh, I, um, yeah, so we're, we're actually, you know, fortunately we're coping well, now, how about yourself, Dominic? How are you and uh, and those close to you and your loved ones doing? We're hanging in there. You know, school has started back recently, so I'm I'm not only a podcaster and entrepreneur, but I'm also the PE coach and the the social studies coach here, you know, uh, teacher here. So it's it's been kind of fascinating to kind of you know navigate all those hats and stuff like that. But you know, we're we're hanging right. in there. You know, my daughter, her birthday was in May. And so it didn't yeah. dawn on her the day of her birthday. It's like, oh, no, like I can't invite anybody to a party. We can't have a party. But my family kind of came through and did that, that right. caravan kind of thing. So uh, so that kind of made up for us. So, but I, I appreciate you asking that for sure. We're we're we're, yeah. we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. Good. Happy to hear that. For Happy sure. to hear that. For sure. <laughs> Once again, Startup Nation, we're actually wrapping up uh, with Michael uh, Kanick, the author of Ruthless Consistency, How Committed Leaders Execute Strategy, Implement Change, and Build Organizations That Win. You know, and you mentioned your wife. Kind of talk about, you know, how how important she has been uh, to your success on your uh, with your company and your and your corporate success and and everything else in between. Kind of talk about her a little bit. Well, you know, the underlying philosophy we've had in our relationship, Dominic, and mm-hmm. we've been married now for 26 years gotcha. and together for about 30 years mm-hmm. is is team. We talk about us being a team, our relationship being a team. Right. So we're always saying what's best for the team and what would, you know, what being a good team member, what does that look like? So, you know, we're, we're, we're team members in, in life and love and adventure. So being a team. So, you know, I, you know, this is not, well, I, you know, I've had some successes and she supported me. Right. This is us side by side, hand in hand, going through life together. Uh, I couldn't have done what I've done without her. 
and uh, she's a sounding board. She provides uh, friendship. She provides, you know, uh, just, you know, she does provide support, our, our home, uh, just really, really compliments everything I, I do. So we really look at it as, you know, we're stronger together than as individuals apart. We're a team. And uh, just on a lot of levels, she's as a business person herself, gotcha. you know, she's given a lot of insights into, you know, some of the situations I deal with. And she's able to provide some uh, perspective from her experience. that has been very valuable. Right. So I'm extremely fortunate uh, that I've uh, uh, been married to the amazing Bernadine now for 26 years. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. And, and so, you know, Michael, I just want to say, like I said, before I ask the last question, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing uh, your energy and your insight. And once again, Startup Nation, the book is Ruthless Consistency, How Committed Leaders Execute Strategy, Implement Change, and Build Organizations That Win. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on the podcast. Also check out makingstrategyhappen.com. We have a link there in the show to kind of check out all of uh, Michael's resources. And if you want to book him for a speaking engagement or uh, get some some insight into your strategy for your company and your corporation, uh, make sure you kind of check him out uh, there as well. But Michael, I'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you because given all these crazy things going on, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who needs a little encourage, need a little encouragement right now. Kind of share with us some words of encouragement to take us out for the day, if you would, good sir. Sure, happy to do that. And you know, the reality is, when you're in the midst of a tough time, it's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And you know, this is fun and all of that. And I'll just give you a quick story here. But one of the things I do on the side, one of my interests and hobbies, is mountaineering. I like to climb mountains. And the first time I climbed a, a serious mountain. We got up on summit day, the day we're, you know, climbing to the summit. We get up at 2 a.m. because you have to get up early and get up and down before the sun, you know, beats on the ice and creates avalanche danger. I'm up at 2 a.m. and tired and cold and sore and the oxygen's thin at altitude and you're huffing and puffing. It's like, ah, this isn't fun. But then you realize this is how it's supposed to feel. If we're going to get to the summit, this is how it's supposed to feel. And so whenever I've climbed mountains since then, right, and I have that same feeling, my reaction now is, oh, this is how it's supposed to feel. If we're going to get to where we need to get to, this is how it's supposed to feel. So my message to everyone is, you know what? Yeah, it's tough right now. It's uncomfortable. There's pressure and all of that. But you know what? This is how it's supposed to feel. Keep persevering. Keep focused. Keep driving. You know, this is a time to test your mettle, you know, and your capabilities, you know, embrace the challenge. And when we come out of this on the other end, you'll look back and you'll feel proud of what you've done and what you've accomplished. So be motivated by the fact that looking back, you know, a year, two years from now on the you of today, how would have you wanted you to act during this time of pressure, during this time of adversity? So now is your chance to rise to that challenge and overcome the adversity yeah, is there going to be some some pain, some difficulty? Yes, but this is how it's supposed to feel. We'll get through it. I hear that. This is how it's supposed to feel. And I appreciate you sharing that because I, I think in the midst of crisis, sometimes we forget that there's another side to it. There's there's the the coming out on the other side to it. I appreciate that. And that's Absolutely. Gonna, for Absolutely. sure. For sure. And that's going to wrap up this session of The Startup Life. We want to thank Michael Kanick uh, for coming on the show. Michael, thank you so much, my man. Hey, it's been a great pleasure. Really appreciate you having me. Thanks, Dominic. No worries. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. If you want to let us know what you think 
speak about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, If you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.